You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. There's a lot of mask chat going on right now. Are our cloth masks doing enough to protect us against Omicron? Are we supposed to switch to those N95 or KN95 versions? And are surgical masks better or worse than them? Today, we break down the ins and outs of mask protection, including how to spot a fakie, the best way to store and transport your mask, and what you need to do to make sure you stay as safe as possible and hopefully avoid getting infected with COVID-19 too. Remember back at the start of the pandemic, when the government told us that wearing a mask probably wasn't going to help much in our attempt to handle this new virus doing the rounds? Well, it turns out that statement was more to do with the fact that masks were in short supply and they didn't want us to go and start hoarding them the way we'd hoarded toilet paper, leaving our healthcare professionals without the right protective equipment to fight the good fight on the front lines. It actually turns out that wearing a mask is quite a good measure to keep COVID at bay. Covering your mouth and nose means when you breathe, sneeze, cough, sing or speak, the volume and travel distance of the droplets you expel is limited. So that means you're less likely, if you are COVID positive, to have the virus hop on over to the person you're speaking to or simply standing next to. It reduces your chances of being infected because the mask filters out particles containing the virus from being inhaled. The World Health Organization recommends masks should be used as part of a comprehensive strategy of measures to suppress transmission and save lives, but that the use of masks alone is not sufficient to provide an adequate level of protection against COVID-19. So what kind of masks are most effective? Some people use the blue surgical masks, some made from cloth or neoprene, some have valves built in, Others use the N95 or KN95 masks you buy from the hardware store. But is it better to have some kind of mask than none at all, or are some masks actually not as effective as others? Dr. Aman Joshi is a GP in Sydney and a specialist in aesthetic medicine. Doctor, I've been hearing that cloth masks aren't cutting it, especially with the new Omicron variant. Why is that? The CDC came out not that long ago, possibly maybe six to eight weeks ago, and suggested that while any mask is better than no mask, cloth masks obviously don't have the same degree of standardisation and regulation that other masks do. And for that reason, combined with the increased transmissibility of the Omicron variant, it's believed that they're probably not anywhere near as effective as more regulated varieties of masks. And so for those reasons, obviously any mask that you can get your hands on that fits well is better than nothing. But if you have the option of using a surgical mask or better, then we should be doing so. One of the other things that is now making headlines is that it's these N95, KN95 or P2 masks that are better than surgical masks, for example. First of all, what's the difference between N95, KN95s and P2s? So a lot of the differences just come about from where they're actually made. So some are made in China and they have their own different regulations. Similarly, there are some that are made in Korea. And again, they have their own different regulations and coding. And the N95s that you're referring to, 
which are thought to be sort of equivalent, but obviously there have not been any trials conducted between the KF94s, the P2s, as well as the N95s to say that they're equal. They're generally believed to be similar. But when you look at the different types of masks, you'll notice that the structure and the function is slightly different, and that's what gives them the different labels and names as well. So the N95 is thought to be the gold standard at the moment, and generally speaking, it needs to have approval by the NIOSH, which is the National Institute for Occupational and Health Safety. And in order for us at work, for example, we need to be fit tested with N95 masks to find the brand that fits us the best. For day-to-day use when we're out and about, probably not anywhere near as effective, especially if you haven't been fit tested. So you may not know whether a particular brand of N95, assuming that it's genuine, is going to fit properly or not, in which case a surgical mask that actually fits well, where you've learned how to use it properly, is probably going to be far better for you, your safety, as well as your wallet. The KF94s are similar, but they typically come with the e-loops. And as I've mentioned before, they're either made in China or in Korea. And there are a lot of counterfeits around at the moment. So again, it comes down to finding the best mask for you that will give you the best fit possible. In the hospital setting, in the occupational setting, where we're obviously dealing with COVID-positive patients, it's an you know occupational requirement that they provide us the best masks possible that are fit tested. And for those reasons, generally speaking, healthcare workers will have access to N95 masks. You mentioned then that there's a lot of counterfeit masks around. What does that really mean? Does it just mean it hasn't been put through the testing standards that other masks have? That's definitely one aspect of it. So obviously there are a lot of companies that have jumped on board to try and cash in on you know selling the masks at the moment because they're not cheap. So an N95 is usually around you know two or three dollars each. And so there are certain things that I would recommend if anyone was going to be able to get KF94s or N95s, that there are certain things that they should be looking for in order to purchase appropriately rather than just spending money on something that has no regulation around it. So we don't actually know that it works as well as it's meant to. What are those things we should be looking out for? There are a lot of people out there advertising N95s for children, for example. That's always a red flag because the NIOSH does not approve N95 masks for children at all. So if someone says that their masks are N95 and suitable for children, that should be a red flag to everybody around. Secondly, usually all the masks come individually packed. So they shouldn't sort of be sent to you in a box as such or in a plastic bag or whatever it is. Usually the company itself will have their branding on each individual mask and it will also have the NIOSH, so N-I-O-S-H, label as well as their particular approval rating on each mask. So these are the things that you need to look for. Common things that counterfeits often have on their masks that can be easily overlooked is if the regulation number doesn't match or if the NIOSH is spelled wrongly, so NOSH or NOISH, etc. So those are the things to look out for. And the second most common thing, obviously, is N95 masks by definition usually have head straps. So they go over your head and behind your neck. They don't usually come with the ear loops, which is more commonly your P2 respirators, as well as your KF94 slash KF95s. So those are some of the things that you look out for. For the brands that are made in China, the regulations are slightly different. But again, they should come individually sealed in a box or a bag or whatever it is. It's fairly evident looking at them that they haven't been tampered with once they've been sealed by the manufacturer. And for the Chinese, their numbers start with GB 
like Great Britain. And the Korean brands, they don't have specific numbers, but again, there are websites that you can go on to to look up the source. And the Korean brands will usually list their own websites where you can go online and check that they've actually been made to specifications. Now, those particular types of Marcy N95s and K95s, et cetera, they are sort of more structured than, say, a surgical mask. Does that mean we can reuse them or can we at all reuse them? We know we should be only wearing them once, but say we can't afford that. Is it better to have a mask that we can change up every day or can we somehow disinfect them or reuse them? the N95s can be reused. And so generally speaking, what a lot of healthcare workers do, because most of these masks are designed to be used for up to 40 hours of continuous use before you can actually discard them. Other signs that you may need to get rid of them is obviously when they're visibly soiled or they're getting damp, because obviously we work in, you know, sort of 10, 12 hour shifts where we're in full PPE, we're sweating a fair bit. And so for those reasons, obviously it's not necessarily a good idea for us to be reusing the masks and, you know, using them every few few days. But if you're not getting that kind of heavy duty wear out of them, you can definitely reuse them. And the way to do that with the N95s, I don't know about the KF94s, but definitely the N95s, is to get paper bags. And at the end of your day, when you've taken your mask off, pop one in there just to breathe and to dry out. And generally speaking, you can reuse one every four days. So if you're going through you know, to work or whatever, seven days, you're probably going to have two to three masks in rotation that you can quite reasonably use for eight, 10 hours at a time. As long as the straps remain in good condition, as long as you can get an adequate seal around your mouth so that you know that the mask is doing what it needs to, it's not visibly soiled, and obviously it's completely dry by the time you reuse it. You brought up a good point there. What should we be doing with our masks in transit? Because, and I'm guilty of this too, you take it off and you just shove it in your handbag or your pocket. Is that not a good idea? How should we be ideally putting our masks somewhere when it's not on our face? Again, a brown paper bag or even a Ziploc bag is probably a really good idea. But what you said there is actually one of the most important things that I say to people. So if you're going to be using a more heavy-duty mask, ideally it should go on your face and it should basically stay there for hours and hours. So if you're going to wear your N95s or your KF94s and then you're going to go to the shops and you're going to sit down and have a coffee or have brunch and you're going to take it off and then you're going to put it back on, it leads to a lot of inadvertent touching of your face, which may potentially transmit any virus that's in the area. It also increases your risk, obviously, while you're interacting with people, especially indoors. So that's why I keep coming back to the mask that best fits you, that you can keep comfortably on for hours at a time is the one that's going to be the best for you. But generally speaking, if you have to take your mask off, then a brown paper bag or even a Ziploc bag rather than just shoving it into your hand or your pocket or your bag is the way to go so that it stays relatively clean and hopefully it's airing out a little bit as well until you next have to put it back on. I know you mentioned that there's no N95s approved for use in children. Kids are going to be going back to school next week and some kids are asked to wear masks, older children, primary school not yet. What's the best option for kids' masks? Again, it really comes down to what fits little faces best. So I have four children myself, and I actually ordered some KF94 masks for my children. But to my surprise, I have two teenagers and I have two who are slightly younger. And I found that the KF94s worked well on two of them, but not on the older children. So the older children are actually going to be wearing surgical masks with a cloth mask over it just as a double layer. So it really does come down to individual faces. And because children's faces are probably a lot more variable because they're all at different stages, 
stages of growth than an adult phase, I generally had to sort of do that fit test on each of my individual children to see what would work best. So in an ideal situation, if the KF94 mask fits well, then that would be best. But if that's not an option because the fit isn't correct or the seal isn't quite good enough, and, and you know, and the other aspect of it obviously is comfort. If children are going to be uncomfortable wearing a particular mask because it's loose, it's flopping around or it's cutting and digging into skin, they're not going to wear it. They're going to want to look for excuses to take it off, uh, in which case it might actually be better and easier and safer to just put them in a surgical mask, maybe with a cloth mask over it, so that they're comfortable and more likely to keep it on. The American Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, recently recommended that N95 respirators not be reused more than five times. If you do want to reuse it, make sure you dry it out between wears and where possible, leave it out in the sun for a bit. Don't spray it with anything and make sure you get rid of it if it gets wet at all, like if you get stuck out in the rain or you're particularly sweaty while you're wearing it. And remember, you need to fit your mask as tight to your face as possible. If there's any loose bits at all, you're decreasing its effectiveness. And of course, touch your mask as little as possible, only the ear loops if you can. Ideally, masks would only be worn once and then either discarded or washed. So if it is an N95, KN95 or P2 and you can afford it, one and done is the best option. This episode of The Quickie was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you've got the time, we'd really appreciate some feedback on the show. Just rate and review us in your favourite podcast app. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.